Good morning to everyone. Okay, um, this is gonna be my first time to speak in front of this large number, speaking in different language. Well, I've been preaching in the Philippines for this big crowd, but never in English. So this is gonna be my first. And I'm feeling nervous right now because there's a lot of you. <laughs> anyway, um, first of all, thank you for the elders uh, for giving us this opportunity to stand in front of you and share our knowledge about the Word of God. Thank you also for Brother Donnie and his family and for all those brethren who treated us with great meals. Thank you so much. We don't know how we ever repay you, but may God bless you more. Thank you also, especially to Sister Sue, Gran Granny Sue. <laughs> Thank you for lending us the best hotel in Sherbyville. <laughs> that is the best place I think that we can go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just, I'm just, I, I just want to tell you that uh, we made pretty take good care of it, and definitely we didn't broke any. So he <laughs> can rest assured with that. And um, for those who don't know me, uh, my name is uh, Rodi Gumpad Jr. and I'm married to Failing Faith Gumpad. So for those who are questioning how did we end up here in the U.S. and why we chose Bismarck of all the places in the U.S., why the second coldest place in the U.S. And we came from the hottest place I think one of the hottest places in the world, <laughs> uh, Philippines. Well, in the Philippines, it gets up to 120 degrees. But in Bismarck, where we live right now, it gets up to wind chill negative 51. So it's a, there's a huge difference of change of weather. But, well, we've been there two winters already, and we got through one of the worst, as they say, this winter that we had last, last year. It's one of the worst we get through, so maybe we can get by for another one or two. But your prayers will be a great help, though. <laughs> okay, so um, how do we get here? My wife is a nurse. She's been a nurse, working as a nurse in the Philippines for seven years. But since we learned that here in the U.S., they pay better with that kind of job, so she applied for a brighter future for, for our family. So I can't blame her. So she applied through an agency and she got lucky and got through. So uh, June second, third week, third week of, I think it's June 16, when uh, 2021, when she flew from the Philippines to, to, to uh, um, Chicago. Uh, what's the airport name? O'Hare, yeah, O'Hare, Chicago, O'Hare International Airport. And uh, my sister in Bolingbrook took care of her for the first two week, uh, for the first week, and then she also visited my other sisters that lives in Gaylord, Michigan. And after that, her training started at uh, first week of July. So she had her training in uh, Brentwood, Tennessee for two months. And while she was there, um, I tried to locate also a sound church because we already know that where, where she will be assigned uh, after the training. Uh, we already 
uh, the, the, the agency already told us that she will be assigned in Bismarck, North Dakota. So I already started locating a South Church where she can worship every Sunday. And we found one, but after her training, so there are a lot of Filipino nurses that participate in the training. And then after that, she was assigned to Bismarck. And then the first week of September, she arrived at Bismarck. For us, my daughter and my son, we also arrived here in the U.S. Second, uh, the second of September. September 2nd, uh, we stayed first for the first half week in my sister's a place in uh, Bolingbroke, and then the half week, uh, no, the, the half of the month, we stayed in uh, Gaylord too. Then after that, we, we connected with my wife in uh, October 2, the first week of 2021 of October. And then my wife, since she got there uh, a month prior to us, she tried to worship with the church which I located from the internet, Church of Christ. The first Sunday was fine, but the second Sunday, they are already started uh, serving uh, hot dogs, and they have these pantries, and they said that, and, and, and on their Bible study, they already have this uh, film viewing in, our, in their Bible study. So I asked my dad, and I asked also some of my contacts here in the U.S., and they said that that is not a sound church. So I told her that just wait for me. When I get, when I get there, we will go into or start worshiping on our own. So, so when we got here, when we got there in uh, Bismarck, the first week of October, I told her that uh, this is what we're gonna do. Since you are already baptized, I'm baptized, and my daughter, our daughter, 19, she was already 19 years old right now. She's already been baptized, so I think it's already okay that we worship together. So we started worshiping from then until now, uh, until the present. So. Uh, after a month, I uh, needed to help my wife since uh, the agency who helped her uh, to get here, they, they paid all her examination fees, the, the, the paper processing and all that, her review and her fare going here in the U.S., they, they paid everything. So uh, they are taking 60% of her salary. So what I did since her salary can't, cope up with all our bills, I uh, also try to look for a job, a job that will be fitted for us both. So I got into Uber driving and I thought it's a perfect job since I get to meet also a lot of people and I can make friends and I can also have the opportunity to, you know, talk about the spiritual matters. So that's what I did. So I started talking with Americans, passengers, and uh, some Filipinos too, but the Americans in Bismarck don't really like to talk about the spiritual matters. It's so sad, even though that I'm giving out uh, free Bible trucks, they don't want to accept it. But it's a good thing that, that I can also meet Filipino uh, like us from the Philippines. I was able to invite some of them the church they attended services at first second third week but then afterward they will just say that i can no longer attend the church service so but some also stick and that's why we also able to baptize two of those friends that i met and now there are already five of us worshiping in bismarck church of christ every sunday so that's me and my little bit of my background by the way, this is my family. That's my wife, my three kids. My other daughter was left 
Yes, well, my, my, my youngest daughter, she was left in the Philippines and hoping and praying that when we go and have a short vacation, we can take her with us back here in the U.S. That's my youngest son, Rody the third. So, Rody the first, Rody the second, and it's the Rody the third. Okay. My daughter, she's 19 years old now. She's working as a CNA, helping us also with the bills. She works at Bismarck. And this is the Northside Bismarck Church of Christ. This picture was taken before the day that we left Bismarck. So we had also a visitors, the Stanfords from Athens, Alabama. So this usually happens at Bismarck Church of Christ. There are some American brethren suddenly just call me and uh, we, can we worship with you this coming Sunday? What, what is the time? So. That happens constantly because I put up the church address and some of my details on a website that is called the Church of uh, no, Conservative, uh, non-institutional Church of Christ. So I put up the address there. That's why if you are happen to be in North Dakota and try to look for a sound church, you can see Bismarck Church of Christ in Bismarck. So, yep. And that is Jaira, the one in the middle. Oh, oh there's no. <laughs> That's Jaira, the one in the middle. And then uh, this is our service last uh, Sunday, the day before we traveled. And like I said, we met friends. So these are one of the pictures that I've, uh, I saw on my records. Uh, they are my friends, but none of them already sticked out. <laughs> so, but, but they worship with us for a couple of Sundays. See, and this is a baptism of Jaira and Kim last June 29 of this year. Jaira and Kim. There you go. Okay, so that's it about me. So now we're going to our lesson. As I say, thank you very much for the elders for giving us this opportunity. And I hope that I can uh, encourage every one of you for this lesson. As you can see, there's a lion in front of us. So if we talk about lion, lion is uh, like, what, what can we say about lion? Well, as we know, lion is the king of the jungle. They are very powerful, fearless. And sometimes there are people that are like lions, right? Like for example, kings, they have everything. They have the power, they are fearless. But at some point, uh, they, it's, they are not totally powerful or fearless at all, just like the lion. Lions also fear something, right? They also fear big animals bigger than them. But even though they are called the king of the jungle, at some point, they also, they also fear something, just like every one of us too. So the title of the lesson that we're going to study today is The King's Faith. The King's Faith. This is based on our text, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 32. So that's where our lesson will going to be at. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 to 32. Okay. At for, uh, on the first verse, we can read, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Josaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Josaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria, and behold, they be in Hazazon 
Tamar, which is En Gedi. So what is happening right now is that for how many years the kingdom that's been uh, under the king Jehoshaphat is very peaceful. And suddenly this happened. An innumerable force is raising up against Judah. So what happened here is that because of this, when uh, King Jehoshaphat learned about this great multitude that rose up against him, he was afraid. Well, technically, even though he is the king of a certain kingdom, he had the power to command, he has the, 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 the wealth that he needed. At some point, he first something. And why? Because he knows that he, this is already out of his league. I mean, even though he is very powerful on his kingdom, there is, at some point, he realizes that, there, that, that, that there's something that he cannot overcome. That is why, on the next verses, we're going to read later on what, what he felt. But at this point, I want to point, up some, uh, I wanna point out something else in order for us to understand these verses. So it says here, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So who are these Moabites and who are these children of Ammon and the Ammonites? Well, according to what I've studied, the Moabites are from the generation of Lot. If you can remember Lot, the nephew of Abraham, when they flew from, uh, away from uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they lived in the mountains, and we already know what happened when they, they were in the mountains. Uh, the, the wife of uh, Lot turned into salt, right? And after that, since there's only the three of them, the daughters of Lot took advantage of their father, and then they get pregnant, so... One of the daughter of uh, Lot came the Moab, uh, the, the Moabites, and the other daughter came the Ammonites. And then th during this time, on the days of King Jehoshaphat, these two generations, these two nations, was already very powerful nation. So if you combine a very powerful nation with another nation that is very powerful, what will going to happen? <laughs> They're going to be unstoppable. Just like combining Russia with China, <laughs> Nobody can stop. It's going to be hard to stop them fighting with Shelbyville. Do you think we can beat them? No. No, that is the situation here. And then some other Ammonites joined the battle. Then there came some that told Josephus, saying that this group, it says here, multitude, and included with great, what, what, what will gonna happen if a multitude is a really large number, right? And then you put great <laughs> beside it. What's gonna? How, how big is that crowd? It's really huge. It's a really huge number. And they told him that they are already in Engedi, in Hazazon Tamar. So if we will study how far are this group to the city of Jerusalem where King Josephat's kingdom is, uh, just to give you an idea, this is the map of land of Canaan. So, as you can see, so these are the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, just to give you a short history about them, I think, uh, I know you already know it. But the 12 tribes of Israel are the sons of Jacobs. When uh, Joseph was sold to Egypt, at some point, 
he took his family to Egypt and there's a piece of land that was given to them and then for a, for a long time uh, as years passed by their, gener- uh, their, their 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 family grows into a big nation until such time during the time of Moses came when this Israel was uh, asking for God's help because they've been slave for many years by the Egyptians and so Moses helped them took them out from bondage in the land of Egypt until and brought them to the land of Canaan the promised land and then when they got here uh, at some point they uh, during their stay there they, they asked for a king and we already know who's the first king of Israel right who's the first king of Israel King Saul Right? And after that, uh, King David was the second one, and then King Solomon. And then after King Solomon, the kingdom was divided. Uh, King Rehoboam to the north and King Jeroboam to the south. The ten tribes uh, was reigned by King Rehoboam, and the two tribes was reigned by King Jeroboam. The two tribes was uh, Judah and um, Benjamin. So as you can see, this is Judah, and this is Benjamin's land. So they are the two tribes that was led before by King Jeroboam. So at this point, this time, the, uh, during the time of, uh, of um, Jehoshaphat, it says that the Ammonites and the Moabites, see how big the Ammonites are, and the, Mo- the, the Moabites had joined forces to go and war with the Jude, the, with the Jews in Judea. Uh, the kingdom of Jehoshaphat lies here in the uh, city of Jerusalem. But during this time, this, the Ammonites and the Moabites uh, has already crossed the, Red, the Dead Sea and they're already camping on En Gedi. It only means that just a few more uh, uh, march and they will gonna reach Jerusalem and do the and war with them. So, this is the reason why uh, King Jehoshaphat was so afraid because they are already close to their city. And then at verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. Who's Jehoshaphat again? He is a king, a powerful man. But at this point, how does he feel? He felt fear. He was afraid at this time because he knows that this fight, these trials that they are facing right now, is something that he cannot solve by himself. So what did he do? Did he run off? Did he went to? Did, did, did he told to his kingdom that we should just leave this land and go somewhere else? Is that what he do? No, he thought of something else because he knows that there is one thing left. That there is still one remedy for this. For his problem. And what is that? To seek the Lord. To take it to the Lord. And so what he did. He set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaim a fast throughout all Judea. He told the, 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 to, to all the land of Judea to fast. And then in verse 4. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. What happened next? Jehoshaphat guarded the people of Judah to Jerusalem with their families 
That is in verse 13 at the temple, in verse 5, that they might seek after the Lord. We will going to read those verses in a moment. So, in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, why are these uh, incidents written in the Bible? Why are we studying it right now? These things are written for our instruction that we, that, that we might have hope. So, all, everything that was written in the Old Testament was to give us hope. To, get, to help us to become stronger, to be encouraged, and maybe we can get some of them good examples to, to, to apply it in our life and also uh, and for us to be more stronger Christian and to live a better life. So what do we do when we find ourselves facing trials, battles that we can win like Josephat and the Jews? So what do we do when we are in his situation? says there, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, this is the good thing that we, have, we are a member of the family of God. Because if you are facing trials like this, things that, uh, a trials that seems like it's already out of your league, or maybe you don't have any solution with it, it's too hard to get through it. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ, it's a good thing that you have brothers and sisters. You're a member of the family of God. You can share it to them. You can share it to them. Maybe there's some, someone out there that can help you with your problem. Maybe they can help you in, in, in everything, but at least they can pray for you. Or maybe there's still something that they can do to help you lessen the burden that you're facing. And if there's no other way, and you know yourself that none of them can also solve the problem that you are facing, it says here, Second Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 7, this is the best thing that you can give, the blessings that you can get when you are a member of the Lord's church. It says here in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. What I'm saying is, if you get to a, some point in your life, the facing trials, problem, persecution, that already out of your league, and you know yourself that there's no other brethren that can help you, it's not yet the end of the line. It says here that as long as you humble yourself in the mighty hand of God, cast all your care upon him, for we care it for you that is our last hope and it's the best hope and it's the best solution that we can get with our trials and problems in life this account give us hope in dealing with life's trials and insurmountable battles okay so joseph and the people what happened next after after what we read earlier what happened next it says here they sought help from the lord when they realize that it's a problem that they cannot solve, they run to God. They sought help from the Lord. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in verse 5, And Joseph stood in the congregation of Judah in the house of the Lord before the new court. And in verse 12, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have not, no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. They are there facing the Lord, asking for his help. What happened next? In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5 to 13, this was a problem too big for Judah. 
but it's not for God. This is a little problem for God. So Joseph had reminded God of his promises and admitted their weaknesses and turned to God. That's what we should do when we are at some point in life that we don't have any solutions to our problems. Pray to God. Ask for his guidance. It says here, uh, Joseph had reminded God of his promises and admitted their weaknesses. And turn to him. What happened in verse 5 to 13? Oh, so these are some problems in life that arises that we don't know the answer to or know what to do. Oh, I didn't put that up. Because if we will read chapter 5, verse 13, I didn't put that up. Uh, uh, we can see from then that when Joseph had started to pray, he, he asked God that well, there were times that you promised to your to your to your uh, to your city that to your children that every time they're gonna face this kind of problem you will be there like what you did in our fathers when they needed your help you helped them you delivered them from their enemies uh, you 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 fought for them and here comes these two big giants uh, that that trying to 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 war against us to to what you call that to uh, uh, these two giants, these two nations trying to beat us. Are you just going to let them do that? That's, that's a prayer of Josephat. That's a prayer of Josephat. So how do we handle it when this kind of problem also rises up in our life? Some people look in all the wrong places for the answer. So what should we do? But there are people that look in the wrong places. Like uh, in Google, or maybe in Facebook, or maybe in the internet in general. Uh, at some point, some people look for places like in order for them to forget their problem, they, they do drugs or maybe alcohol. Well, that's very usual in the Philippines when a, uh, a guy has a very big problem. What he does is call for friends and drink alcohol until they're dead drunk and uh, does that make them forget the problem yes but for a little period of time only <laughs> when they sober up what's gonna happen the problem will return the problem is it's they're lucky if their if their problem will still the same because sometimes those people in the Philippines there are some who get really drunk and at some point that they can't go home, they, they, they will just sleep in the middle of the road. So uh, it's good thing, yeah, that they forget their problem, but when they sober up, like I said, the problem didn't go away. And sometimes it gets worse. Why? Because when he slept in the middle of the road, a car passed by and he was hit by the foot and he ended up in the hospital. So when he woke up, he remembers again the problem. But then the problem got worse. Why? Because he got another bill to settle with. Obvious medical pills. That's why some people do look solutions in the wrong places. Sometimes they use the, 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 the internet, search for solutions in the Google, uh, ask for opinions from other people through Facebook and Twitter. They will post their problem on the, the Facebook and wait for 
comments, a lot of comments, what to do. And sometimes those people won't give you the right solution. And sometimes they will make it worse. And sometimes they will issue you that, oh, you're living that kind of life. What happened to you? Instead of helping you, they will going to criticize you. Right? That was happen that's what's happening when you look in the wrong places in solving your problem. Things that will help ignore the trouble but can give false answer. Okay, so what should we do? We should take it to the Lord like Josephat and the Jews. You need to just take it to the Lord. That's the, that's the right thing to do. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, saints need to turn to God, the one with the answers. Like what we read earlier, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, we turn to him in prayer and supplications, your petition and request be made known to God with thanksgiving. That is what we what was written in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. And in Colossians chapter 2, chapter 4, verse 2, it says there, pray continuously. Pray continuously. And James chapter 5, verse 16, learn to forgive others. And uh, uh, it says that confess your sins to others and pray, and pray for one another. And then after that, at the last part of it, it says, uh, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. See? Which means you can ask also your brethren to pray for you. And if somebody tells you that, brother or sister, can you pray for me? I'm, I'm going through a big trials right now. I hope you pray for me. For those people who've been asked to pray for them, you should be grateful. Why? Because it only means, because that is a, uh, that, that's a compliment for you. Because it only means you're, that you're a righteous person, that he trusted you, that you're a righteous person. The verse says, the, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. So if I say, brother, can you pray for me? It only means that I trust you, that you're a very righteous person, that your prayer will avail much if I'll ask you to pray, to pray for me. That is, that is what the verse says. So, if you think that that problem is too big for you, you can ask your brethren to pray for you. Take it to the Lord, confess your sins, ask for forgiveness, and pray continuously. Prayer and supplication, petition request with thanksgiving. In Psalm 119, verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is what uh, our character should be, that we will use the word of God as our guide in our life. Proverbs 6.23, that's what it says too. God's word is our guide and a light to our path. When we are in trouble and in need, take it to God in prayer and study. Okay. Stayed in the house of the Lord. What, what, did, uh, uh, Joseph, what did Joseph and the kingdom of Judea, uh, the, 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 the Jews did? Uh, when, when the problem ro rose up and they don't know what to do, they stayed in the house of the Lord. They stayed in the house of the Lord. In Chronicles chapter, five, verse, chapter 20, verse 5, And Joseph stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They did not run off. They didn't left the kingdom of Judea. They didn't left. 
They didn't left their they, they, they didn't leave their lands, their cattle, their houses. No. They stayed and they went in the house of the Lord. They took their wives, they took their children, and they stayed in the house of the Lord asking for God's help. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5, Joseph took his problem to God and stayed in the temple till he received an answer. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14 to 17, this uh Let's just read the answer of God to their prayer. How is that? Can we open our Bible in chapter? Because uh, it's very interesting, the answer of God to their, uh, uh, to their petition. Shall, shall we read the Second Chronicles? Okay, there you go. Uh, we will go and start at verse 14 to 17. Okay. okay. Here, uh, at verse 14, it says here, Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of... Uh, I can't... It's too small... I will just, I don't have my other phone. Uh, the, the son of Jalel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the son of Asaph, came to the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, Hearken ye all Ju Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Josaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismay, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16, Tomorrow, this is the instruction of God, Tomorrow, go ye down against them, behold, they come up by the, what is this, cliff, of I have tiny letters in my Bible. Ba, mas malalaki ba yung ano niyan? Palirit kasi to. Ayun yun. Okay, here we go. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them all the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. That's what he's saying. You don't have to fight this battle. The battle belongs to God. That is my battle. So what you do, you rise up early in the morning, you go to that place, and then you don't need to fight yourself. Stand and you still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear you, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And then in verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekorah. So that, 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 
That's what happened. That is how God answered their prayer. He told them that the fight doesn't belong to you. And he instructed them that rise up early tomorrow, march, and go to that place. Uh, and, and see, stand and still, and see, watch how God will go into save you. If you go to a battle that you know you, have, you don't have the uh, advantage to win, and you know that you're going to lose, are you still going to go? No. Normally, you won't go to a battle that you know that you're going to lose 100% because that's going to be a suicide, right? But it takes a lot of faith to follow this instruction of God. He will go to take all his people into the battlefield that they know that the a lot of the big monsters, giants are there. And he knows that they will be obliterated, they will be defeated, and all of them are going to be killed if he do that. But since it was God who instructed them, what did he do? That is the king's fate. That is the fate of the king. He stood up early in the morning. He took his people and marched down to that place where God told them to go. Okay. They were facing the temple in accordance with Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple. So what they did, they stayed in the temple until they received the answer of God to their prayer. They did not go to the Google, to the internet. They didn't go to uh, find another solutions. They stayed in the Lord. They did not... Uh, uh, None of you are already caring for me. I will go to the Baptists. I will go to the Catholics. No, they stayed in the faith. They stayed in the Lord. They were facing the temple, like what it says in chapter 20, verse 9, in accordance with Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30 to 50, that is a long verse. But what happened here is this. This was the time when the temple of God was completed. And then when the, when the temple of God was completed, Solomon prayed, made a dedication that every time, when time comes, that these people, the children of Israel, the Jews, will come to this temple and offer offerings and pray to God and ask for, for, for their forgiveness, ask for their deliverance, ask for anything. The prayer of Solomon is, he told God that, please grant their prayers. As long as they gather here, and this temple, they were going to ask for everything, anything for you. Ask for forgiveness. Please forgive there. Since that, that, that is what is written in Second, First Kings chapter 8, verse 30 to 52. This is the reason why when Josephat and the people of, uh, and the Jews, when, when they are facing great problems, they all went to the temple. They went all to the temple to pray and ask God. Since that is what Solomon told them before, that by doing that, God will go into here there prayers. We can keep our faith by not leaving the Lord's church. In 1 Timothy chapter 3.15, if we will read that, it is the pillar and ground of truth. That is the church that we are a member of. In James chapter 4 verse 8, it says there that draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So it only means that if you leave the church during your trials, your, your, if you are experiencing persecution, or things like that, and then you leave the Lord, what is he going to do with you? He will also leave you. But if you will get closer to him during those times, it says here that he will, grow, he will draw near 
to you. That's the time that we needed him the most. And you're going to run away from him? No, stay in the Lord. Stay in the church of God. Stay in the kingdom of God. Because that's where you're going to find the answer of your problems. Don't let trials or seeming insurmountable battles take you from God. Don't let that beat you. Don't let that take your faith away from you, your confidence with the Lord away from you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, nothing in this life, no matter how bad, can compare to the glory waiting to come. Okay? In Hebrew chapter 10, verse 32 to 39, it says here, the Hebrew audience had suffered greatly and were warned, do not throw away your confidence. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. But we are not of them who drove back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Not only you had been experiencing great trials in life, all, also the Christians in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the, the, the early Christians, they also suffered a lot. Some of them suffered wars. But this is what Paul said, do not cast away your confidence because it had great recompense of reward. And then, so many people give up and forsake their faith in their hours of need. That is uh, what really sad is that some are really weak and stop serving the Lord because they know that they, 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 they know that the, there's no longer any solution to their problem. In the Philippines, uh, there are people who even commit suicide when they no longer know how to solve their problems. Students, older people, adults, sometimes they look in the wrong way, like I said earlier, they will solve their problem by doing crimes. We should not do that. We should take it to the Lord. I know, who, I, I know you know this guy, right? Even, even though his life is at stake, he never left the faith. Even though that it will kill him, he never, he never lived God. That is Daniel. When we are in troubles and in need, don't forsake your faith, but rather draw near closer to God. What else did Josephat and the people did when these trials came to them? They worshiped and praised God. When after receiving the answer of God to their prayers, they worshiped and praised God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14 to 22, if we will read that, uh, this is what happened next after that. So God instructed them to march and go to that place where uh, God told them to, and watch how God will go in to save them. And then, so in verse 18, uh, Josaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem uh, fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And here comes verse 19. And the Levites of Israel, of the Korites, and the children of Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And in verse 20, this is what's happened next. And early in the morning, they rose up and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, 
Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. He has the right and had power to tell his people that we should just go and save ourselves. But no, he led them and told them to believe also in God. The faith that he has is sharing to his people that we need to trust God. That is what he's telling to his people. And then here comes verse 21. And when he had consulted with the, peop with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. So what happened? They woke up early, he made his speech, and then he arranged the march. He put, what did he put in the front? At the front line, he put the singers, the, 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 the one who plays the instrument, the one who going to, to sing. Why did he do that? <laughs> Usually, if you place that kind of group in front of the march after, uh, in a battle, you only do that after the battle is won, right? You put them there to sing and uh, to signify that you've won the battle. That's why you're marching back to your, to your camp, singing and playing those instruments, signifying that you've already won the battle. Did they already won the battle? No, they are still making ready of it to go to the battle. But what he did, he did not put his warriors in front, not his, uh, not his cavalry, not his greatest, mightiest warriors, no. What he put in front of the march are the players, the singers, and those who are going to play the instrument. That is how Josaphat showed his faith to God. That he believed what God had told them. So as they marched, they began singing. Which, which, the, which, which depicts victory. They've, they've never... They, they've never arrived at the battle, but they're already singing victorious song. See, that's how he showed his faith. Now, in verse uh, 22, and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, uh, and when they began to sing and to praise as they marched onward to the battlefield, this is what happens in the battlefields. The Lord set ambush, uh, ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which, which, were, which come against Judah, and they were smitten. Verse 23, For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of uh, Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the the watchtower in the wilderness, they look unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Did they fought the battle? <laughs> no. They arrived to the battlefield, but they didn't fight. What did they do? They just watched. When they got there, there's already dead bodies all around. Why? Because God already fought the battle for them. So as we continue, this one, oh, I, I, I have it here. Yeah. So, so this rose early. Uh, we're already here in uh, 
21. Now, when they began to sing and praise the Lord, said, Ambushesh against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sher, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So they praises God by doing that. But people today, they worship and praise God the wrong way. They praises like <laughs> idols. They praises the money. They said that the money solved my problem. They, they believe that the idols solved their problem. No. If your problem was solved, it is God who helped you solve that problem. Not anything else. So it is just proper that if you have uh, you've been blessed, if your problem was solved, it's just proper to give back to God what he deserved. And what is that? To worship and give thanks to him. Okay. We are to give our trials to God. Like as First Peter 5, 7 said, casting all your cares upon him for he cared for you, but pray to him with thanksgiving and praise as well. Like what Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, all your supplications and prayers with thanksgiving offer to God. Colossians 4, verse 2, continuously praying or uh, praying without ceasing. Now in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, God knows our needs before we ask. For it, you don't have to keep repeating it or use the kind of prayer that, that, that the Gentiles does. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, do not use vain repetition when you ask, uh, when you pray to God. That like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you, glory be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit, our Father, who art in heaven. Don't do that. That is meaningless. That is a vain repetition of prayer and God don't accept it. When you want to pray to God, Close your mind, close your ears, concentrate, talk to your God. Just like when you're in the middle of uh, a lot of people and somebody called you, what you going to do? You answer your phone and what you going to do? <laughs> Even though it's very loud on your surrounding, you try to concentrate to hear the one on the other side of the phone, right? That is what we also do when we pray to God. Close everything, concentrate your, your, your prayer to God. And then you ask for whatever you want to ask and you pray for whatever you want to pray. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. We are to sing and give praise to God. And then 1 John chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, When we ask in faith and keep the commandments of God, he will hear and answer us. It says here, Beloved, if, you, if your heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And understanding this verse, it's very encouraging, brethren. Do not throw your confidence toward God. This is the best thing that we can get if you're a member of the Lord's church. You have this opportunity, you have this, uh, uh, this, this, this right, this confidence toward God. And it says here in verse 22, whatsoever we ask when we say whatsoever that includes everything right so what whatsoever we ask we receive of him as long as what we keep his commandments and do things that are pleasing in his sight that is the requirements in order for your prayers to be answered you need to keep his commandments and continuously be pleasing in his sight and second corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 to 10 be humble and then be humble to accept his answer. When we are in trouble and in need, let us praise, 
pray, uh, let's pray, praise, and give thanks to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10, this is about Paul when he was praying to God that God may take the thorn of the flesh that was uh, making him uh, making his body weak. But at the end, God did not give that did not answer his prayer by just removing that thorn of the flesh. He let it stay. But at the end, Paul realizes that when during the times that he's experiencing all these trials, this, this problem in life, he realized that when he was weak, it is the strongest of his spirit. Uh, that, that, that's what he says. That is why he thanked God for giving all those trials for him. For, because as he surpassed, uh, as he passes one trial after the other, it's making his spiritual life stronger. It's making his life closer to God. Just like what happened when Peter and John preaches in Acts chapter 3, chapter 4, when they healed the lame man who was laid in front of the temple, uh, the, the, the people made issues of them and they told them that they are making uh, disturbance on the city. So they caught them, they put them into the jail, and they beat them there. But when they were released, they were very happy. They were accused, uh, wrongly, wrongfully accused. They were, they've been beaten for no reason. They didn't even give them a chance to explain themselves. If that happens to you, what are you going to do? Oh, I will kill people. <laughs> right? you, 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 will, you will hire the best lawyer to defend you, right? But they did not. They were very happy when they were released. Why? Because they made God very happy on what they did. They sacrificed themselves in order for God to be glorified. Just like Paul. So we don't know how God will going to answer our prayers. Maybe in a negative way, maybe in a positive way. But definitely it will be the best for you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So in our conclusion, it says here, The battle belongs to the Lord. Whatever you're facing, whatever priors or problems will come into your life you may even reach the, what they call midlife crisis don't be afraid because the battle belongs to the lord in second corinthians chapter 5 verse uh, chapter 20 verse 15 and 17 king Josaphat told not to worry because the battle wasn't theirs but the battle belongs to the lord that is the answer of god when they ask for god's help god told them that you don't have to worry about this battle because this is mine this is my fight and that's what they that's what he showed them later on in second chronicles 20 24 22 24 the lord caused the great force to enemy the force of enemies to destroy themselves just like what we read now when they began to sing and praise the lord uh, praise the lord set ambushes against the people of ammon moab and mount Sher, who had come against judah and they were defeated for the people of ammon and moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sher to utterly kill and destroy them. And when, uh, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of here, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. They, their, their prayers was answered. They've been delivered from their enemy. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, that is how God powerful is. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He can make the impossible to possible. 
Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If he can do that to these people in the past, he can do that also to us. It says forever and ever for all generations. He can show his power even up to this day and to the days to come. God's answers to our prayers often are not what we might expect, but greater. Sometimes that happens. You ask for a little, but God gives you abundant, right? This is also what happens to these children of Israel, to, this, uh, to King Josaphat and the Israelites uh, and the Jews. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 25 to 30, it took them three days to plunder the spoil of the battle they didn't even have to fight. In verse 25, when Josaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because they were, there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Beraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Beraka until this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Josaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with strange instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Josaphat was quiet for his God gave him Rest all around. Josaphat and the Israelites asked only God for their deliverance against their enemies. But how did God answer to their prayers? He didn't just deliver them from their enemies. They gave them blessings as well. A fight that they didn't fought and they get rich. Supposedly, they, 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 they should fear what's going to happen. But because of God's answer to their prayer, they even got rich. They got plunders uh, from, the, from the battle. And uh, God took care of all his people. Then King Josaphat was granted peace because his enemies feared God for all generations until he died. There was peace in the, in the land of Judah. In Romans chapter 8, 28 and verse 39, it says here, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's why if we do everything in accordance to the will of God, he will answer our prayers and he can also give us more than what we are asking for. Today, no matter how grim or bad our troubles seem, the battle still belongs to the Lord. No matter what the difficulty is, now is not the time to throw away your faith. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 says there, do not throw your confidence do not throw your confidence. You are a member of the Lord's church. He is our father. He is always there ready to help us whenever we need his help. What do you do when you are in distress and fighting the seeming losing battle of life's trials? What do we do? Let us learn from the king's faith. Let us learn from King Joseph. Let us learn from the people of Israel. Romans 15 verse 4 and 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Like Jesus said. Like, like God said, stand and see how I will go to answer your prayer. Just wait. You ask, and I will grant it to you, your prayers. 
Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, we are to bear one's another, one another's burdens. Uh, if, you, uh, if, if the problem you're facing is too big, says here, take it to your brethren. If you think that's too big for your brethren also, take it to the Lord in prayer. There's nothing big problems in God. Everything can be solved with God. In 2 Timothy 2.15, seek God's counsel in his word, rightly dividing the word of truth. Psalm chapter 119, verse 09, it says there that uh, use his word as a lamp to your feet and a light unto your path. And then if we, like King Josaphat, seek the Lord and stand and see our faith in God, we'll see the salvation of the Lord. If we do the same as the kings did, we will also see the salvation of the Lord. Well, if you are not yet a Christian, you must be a Christian now to have that confidence with God. Time will come that you're going to face also trials that you know that you cannot solve. But with God, like I said, nothing is impossible. Thank you so much for your attention, and I hope that I was able to encourage everyone. I'm sorry if I have some uh, difficulties in uh, speaking in English because I'm not that fluent yet. But anyway, once again, thank you so much, and everyone may have a great day.